What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Warning. This program may contain material of an explicit or graphic nature. Viewer discretion is advised. Dream of Satan! Yeah. Harry Palm. Ghost <laughs> Boner. There's two boys and a dog and a dream. Red Rocket, Red Rocket. <laughs> the Taze. Doug Jones. Biff. Doug Jones. Biff. And we're back. As H.P. Lovecraft once said, if it smells like fish, throw the fucker back. Broadcasting Undead from the B-Ward, this is the Postmortem Show. I'm Dom. And I'm JD. And today, we're going to bring you our top five horror movie monster hunters. Hunting monsters! So, these are the guys that, they say, no, we will not stand for this, man. This aggression against Kuwait, it will not stand. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they say, I'm going to stake that vampire. I'm going to burn that demon. I'm going to... Shove that holy water right up this monster's ass. I'm going to slash that slasher. Yeah, exactly. And they stalk the creatures of the night. Some of them aren't too good people. <laughs> no, no. And some of them aren't too good at their job. No. And that's that's more so than not the case. Yeah. But this was a fun list, Tom. Yeah. Top five monster hunters. I can't believe we'd never done this before. Yeah. And I realized going through this that we could just do top five vampire hunters all on their own at some point. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we've pretty much burned it with this list because I have more vampire hunters than anything else. That's like a trope. Yeah, I tried to minimize my vampire hunters because my initial list that I put together was almost all vampire hunters because <laughs> that's really like what they're mostly is. They're the best kind. Yeah. As you said on the true crime horror story, <laughs> you know, when it comes down to vampires, Dom doesn't like them. <laughs> you may think you're a vampire, but you're not. <laughs> All right, top five monster hunters. We also have the good movie and the bad movie of the week. But before we get to that, we got a little bit of horror news for you. Horror news. Sam Raimi's Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness is on its way. Production is in progress in London. Bruce Campbell recently tweeted a picture of the London skyline with the text, Boy, it was a blast working in a certain city with a certain director on a certain movie with a certain actor. It sure was. This indicates that Bruce Campbell will likely have a role in the movie. It's a mystery as to what that might be, but 
Ash Williams himself does exist in the Marvel continuity, having appeared in the Marvel vs. Zombies series, Marvel Zombies vs. Army of Darkness. So it could happen. That's a crock of horseshit if I've ever heard it. <laughs> He's probably not going to play Ash. But, uh, you know, he does exist in the Marvel Universe. So who knows? And his brother is uh, quite the uh, Spider-Man guy. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So you never know. VHS and Siren star Hannah Fearman is leaving her wings behind to instead take over the director's chair for the upcoming horror movie, The Events Surrounding a Peeping Tom. It's an interesting title. The film will star Damien Malfay and Angela from Sleepaway Camp herself, Felissa Rose. The Events Surrounding a Peeping Tom is the story of Martin Malone, a lonely voyeur who is caught and arrested following a misstep. As he nears the end of his court-mandated rehabilitation, Martin suspects that someone, or something, far more sinister, is now watching him. Who peeps on the peepers? <laughs> this sounds right up my alley, Don. Anna Fuhrman mastered the awkward with her performance in the VHS segment Amateur Night, yeah. and I'm hoping she can translate her acting into this one. Felissa Rose is always good, too. The events surrounding a peeping Tom is said to be released in August of 2021. Indie game developers Torpal Duke have developed a Torpal Duke? Torpal Duke have developed a game tie-in to Discovery Plus's upcoming documentary Attack of the Murder Hornets. The game is made in the Atari 2600 style and appears to be some kind of puzzle-solving survival adventure, but with a bizarre twist and some scary fucking chaotic sound design. It's available now at torpalduke.itch.io. That's spelled T-O-R-P-L-E-D-O-O-K. And I went and checked out a little bit of it, and it's fucking weird. And it's one of those games where something that they do with it gives it a creepy atmosphere beyond the shitty Atari 2600 graphics. There's something fucking masterful happening in this simple-ass Atari game. Even and, though it sounds like a shitty craft beer? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, you know, uh, Attack of the Murder Hornets looks like it's going to be fucking ridiculous uh, on Discovery+. Plus. I will be watching and reviewing it because I don't think it's a serious documentary. And uh, yeah, check out this game if you like horror games because it definitely has a good vibe to it. I didn't know it, but last year, the children's book publishers, Schoolastic, released a kids' creep show anthology book called The Taker. Really? Well, coming soon is a follow-up called The Cursed this April. In the first segment, a girl's fantasy of living in an earlier era becomes all too real after she buys a piece of antique jewelry. In the second story, in the woods, a pair of teenagers encounter a green glowing figure whose desires are as mysterious as its origins. Though this won't deliver on some of the goods that we've come to know and love in the films, children's horror is extremely important. I remember reading and serialized novels versions of the Tales of the Crypt at the bus stop as a kid and loving it. Stories like these, goosebumps, and scary stories to tell in the dark help develop the next wave of horror fans. And I'll be grabbing this for my kids as well, as the first novel. Was The Taker about Undertaker? Oh, yes! <laughs> in 2012, a movie entitled Thanatomorphos was released that has been described as, quote, the grossest movie ever made. It quickly disappeared, never finding a proper distributor, but it's now coming out on Blu-ray courtesy of Tetro Video. The synopsis? Discovering several bruises on her body after a night of rough sex, a woman is shocked as, rather than heal itself, her body begins rotting from the inside out. 
She faces the terrifying, gory descent into a living death as her putrefying body begins to fall off the bone. The movie looks to be a psychosexual body horror movie that deals with living decomposition. A movie calling itself the grossest movie ever made has some big shoes to fill with the movies that we've seen, but I'm down to check this out. Jason is a big fan of this movie. He is. Our buddy Jason. Okay, if he, if he likes it, I'll probably like it too. We're going to have to check it out, Don. Yeah. A new horror Lovecraft-inspired film is coming from one of the most unlikely sources. Controversial director Spike Lee. Lee will produce a new movie for Netflix entitled Gordon Hemingway and the Realm of Cthulhu. The movie follows a roguish black American gunslinger in 1928 who teams up with the elite Princess Zinanibi of Ethiopia to rescue their kidnapped region from an ancient evil. Interesting. It might be a little derivative of the HBO series Lovecraft Country, but this could be a little interesting. It sounds like Lovecraft Country meets, like, The Dark Tower. Lee will only produce while Stephen Bristol will direct, so maybe it has some... Some legs to it because it's not Spike Lee. I'm not a big fan of Spike Lee. He has a couple good movies, but I prefer things that he produces versus things that he directs. He gets a little heavy-handed sometimes. The tagline's awesome, though. Oh, yeah? It's, he got game. She got game. Now H.P. Lovecraft got game. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I made that part up. That would be awesome, though. Huh? Pimpin' Lovecraft. The tentacle wrapped around a basketball. <laughs> Buffalo Springfield is playing their hit song somewhere in the background. <laughs> I think if you gave H.P. Lovecraft a basketball, he would have no fucking idea what to do with it. <laughs> Which is this object? <laughs> I don't want to touch it. It's brown. <laughs> what do you think you'd think about Spike Lee producing his content based on his universe? So, apparently... Late in his life, just before he died, H.P. Lovecraft kind of realized that he was being a bit of a piece of shit. This is something that I've only come across recently in really? reading. Yeah, and that he, he kind of recanted some of his, his more racist views. His xenophobic. Said, yeah, said that he regretted some of it. So probably end-of-life Lovecraft would have been like, okay, cool, pay me. He would have had one earring. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wearing a wife beater and like a fucking do-rag. <laughs> No, one of those hats that Samuel L. Jackson wears. <laughs> the, the Kangol, yeah. HP <laughs> for shizzle. H pizzle. <laughs> Hanging out with Snoop Dogg on the couch. <laughs> you know what? I guess I'll try one hit. <laughs> now I want a I want a Buddy Stoner movie with HP Lovecraft and Chris Tucker. Hey, <laughs> <I> man. <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah. Well, I'm glad he recounted his racist ways because that's the one thing about H.P. Lovecraft. It's like, great author, terrible person. Yeah. We make fun of him a lot here on the show, but glad to hear that. And that's it for horror news. We'll be back with the good and the bad movie after this. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for the good movie. And the bad movie. Ah! All right, we're back with the good movie and the bad movie. And Dom, I have neither really. 
I have two half good movies, half bad movies, and I'm not really excited to do my reviews this week. You've had a pretty good run the last couple of weeks, though. So yeah, it's going to dry up sometime. Yeah. So we'll start us off with something I was really anticipating and let me down heavily. It's a 2020 folk horror movie written and directed by Jordan Graham, starring Gabriel Nicholson, Michael Daniel, and Juan Peterson. Seder. Oh yeah, I remember you talking about this. Secluded in a desolate forest, a broken family observed by Seder, a supernatural entity who is attempting to claim them. So Adam lives a lonely existence in a cabin in a desolate forest, checking deer cam feeds on his computer and occasionally receiving visits from his brother Pete. Another family member looms large in his life, his grandmother, Nani, who's been a receptor for a spirit that she calls Sator. It's spelled S-A-Y-T-O-R or something no, like that. No, it's S-A-T-O-R. That's what it is. No Y in this one. Okay. While it is sort of like the traditional Sator, like the creature, we'll, we'll kind of get into it, but from what I know about the creature anyways, which I don't know much even though I've seen the whole movie. It's a dude with horns and goat legs who likes to fuck and play the flute. That's what a satyr is. <laughs> yeah, you don't get no flute, no no fucking, fucking no uh, nothing. Man, no flute fucking. You don't even get much dialogue in this movie. Uh, but it does have some impressive visuals, especially this one reoccurring scene with these black woods and a guy floating. That's pretty cool. You also get a creepy old woman. It's based on a family legend. This kind of has a vibe like the dark and the wicked in a way. But the dark and the wicked deliver so much more. Okay. This is a very, very slow movie. It started with a lot of promise. That's when I first started thinking about the dark and the wicked and the comparison there. But I fell asleep during this movie on two separate viewings, either from the lack of the pace or lack of the dialogue. The plot forces you to guess what's happening here. And at the end of the movie, we're still wondering what the fuck did I just watch? <laughs> a week later, I'm wondering what the fuck did I just watch? <laughs> me too. I can, if you asked me to describe this movie, if I took a no notes, I'd be like, oh no, some dudes are in a forest and then I fell asleep. <laughs> That's seriously what I would say. So Good thing you took, <laughs> took notes. This would have been a quick episode. Yeah. There's definitely not enough action or much happening here. And there's not enough of Seder in the movie. That's a major flaw. That combined with a very unsatisfying ending were a recipe for disappointment for me when this seemed like it had so much promise. However, I will check out Jordan Graham's next film, hopefully with more dialogue and things actually happening, because he does show some ability, even though this was a miss for me. IMDb gives Sater 5.2 at the time that I watched it. I guarantee it's went down since then. This is a good concept, and it's visually impressive, but it doesn't have much else, so I'm going to give Sater a very forgiving 5.0 H-Pizzles. H Pizzle Love Crip. <laughs> love Crip? Love Crip. <laughs> Look at my walk. Do I have it down, Snoop? <laughs> I'm feeling funky fresh. <laughs> All right. My bad movie is a 2019 supernatural horror directed by L.A. Lopez, starring Lindsay Syme, Dennis Andres, Anthony Bules, and Rob Archer. It's on Tubi right now. And on Tubi, it's called The Wakefield Project, but on IMDb, it's called A Wakefield Project. So take it or leave it. Tubi does that. Yeah. There's some alternate titles and shit on there. Yeah. Even sometimes it shows the box art says one thing, but then the title says something else. Yeah, I've noticed that too. And I've noticed that when that happens, it's usually a shitty movie. So um, <laughs> I'm going to take that into account in my future viewings. <laughs> yeah. I, I haven't mastered Tubi yet, to be honest. But uh, so this movie has a very simple synopsis. The veil between the living and the dead has lifted for 24 hours. Would you survive? So is it a zombie movie or ghost or interdimensional? 
That sounds like intriguing. So plot. yeah, it, it has, it, it had looked like it had some legs. So Reese and Eric are two college bros who are renovating an old hotel in the town of Wakefield. After some strange, seemingly paranormal happenings, Eric hires a psychic named Chloe to investigate the place. Character named Chloe. That's one mark against it. <laughs> the stream up with her friend, Emily. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's, that was the first thing I asked. I, I looked at Michelle. And I'm like, there's going to be an Emily in this movie too. And their boyfriend, Brad. Yeah, <laughs> there, there was no Emily. But uh, that didn't help it much. The strange occurrences begin to spread out from the hotel, taking over the town following a solar flare. It turns out that the solar flare has disrupted the veil between the realms of the living and the realms of the dead, and restless spirits have returned to the earth in the flesh. This is bad news for Reese, Eric, and Chloe because the hotel was the site of a series of grisly murders, and an undead serial killer has returned from the grave to finish what he started. So this movie had a decent premise but was heavily hindered by some really amateurish mistakes. This was the first feature film for both the writer and the director, who have both worked as actors for quite a while. The writer also played Chloe in this movie. It seems like there were some seeds of something that could have been good, but the execution was clunky and very cumbersome. The movie spent way too much time in the setup and seemed to drag on and on about this fucking solar flare that nobody ever even saw. And then there was this romantic angle that was instantaneous and felt totally forced. And the bulk of the action was in the last 15 minutes of the movie, and it was just too little too late when it finally happened. The acting was okay, and they did what they could with what they had. The camera work was also pretty good, and they did some cool stuff with light and shadow, so it wasn't a total shit show. It just needed a script doctor and a better editor. Like, there's a, there's a scene where one of the dudes is helping this old lady carry some, like, pails of milk or something from her barn to her house, and when... Is that for the bathe in my milk thing? Yeah. Have you seen that? <laughs> no. I know what you're you talking about. the meme of bathe, yeah. in, bathe in my milk yeah. and it's this old woman? That's, that's, that's probably what she was actually. I'm going. <laughs> I, that wasn't in the movie, but I'm going to say that's what it was for. Um, I, I would do it. Yeah. I would bathe in her milk. Yeah. Maybe it keeps you young. You know, like every year it adds to your life. It takes a year off her life or something like that. Like some sort of weird Dorian Gray, but from the titties. She looks so, it's not her milk. Though. I don't know where the milk comes from. But yeah. She just looks super awkward. She, yeah, she does. Listeners, if you haven't heard of this, just Google bathe in my milk. Yeah, it's it's on the internet. It certainly <laughs> is. Um, so yeah. I made it. I did <laughs> He helps her carry the buckets from the barn to the house. And then he sets him down and then he just turns and looks at her and goes, thank you. Like it was just completely out of place. It's just little things that could have easily been taken out that didn't make any sense. I will give the makers of this movie some credit. There was some effort here, just a really flawed execution. I'm not going to put this movie on par with I Spit on Your Grave Deja Vu or Shark Exorcist. It wasn't that bad. It was just incredibly underwhelming. IMDb gives it 2.5 out of 10. I'm going to bump that up one point just for effort and give them a 3.5 out of 10. I do want to see more from this director, but with a production staff and <laughs> maybe a budget. Maybe someone holding their hand along the yeah, way. Yeah, and an, say, an hey, editor, don't, a producer. Yeah. Don't do that. Yeah, someone someone to guide them through. Because this this was someone who really, like, you could tell they wanted to make a good movie, and you could tell that they had some ideas. They just didn't know how to do it. All right. My other movie this week. <laughs> I wouldn't say it's a good movie, but it's my other movie, and it's slightly higher rated than my previous Sator, or Sator, or Sator, whatever you want to say. It's S-A-T-O-R, but they call it Sator. Is a 2020 sci-fi horror written and directed by Emmanuel Osei Kufor, starring Mamadou Athi, Felicia Rashad from The Cosby Show, wow, and Amanda Christine. Black Box. 
Have you heard of Black Box, Tom? I think I might have. It sounds kind of familiar. After losing his wife and his memory in a car accident, the single father undergoes an agonizing experimental treatment that causes him to question who he really is. Is he really Bill Cosby? No. Would it have been a better movie if it was? <laughs> Some pudding pops. <laughs> I don't think you can talk you about him anymore. You want to take this drink. <laughs> I don't think you're supposed to talk about him anymore, though. Phil Cosby canceled from reality. Black Box is about a man struggling to regain his memory after surviving a tragic car accident. Desperate to return to his former self while trying to raise his daughter, he receives an experimental treatment that helps him probe into a past which he suddenly feels too dark to be his own. He is Bill Cosby. <laughs> that would be a much better movie. If that was a grand reveal. I would have bumped my rating like three points. The accident was so bad that it just blew all the melanin out of his skin. <laughs> Opens up with a man sitting in a chair before being strangled from behind. Bill Cosby style. <laughs> Instead of someone trying to kill him, it's his daughter waking him up. Not so Bill Cosby style. He has no memories, and the little girl's trying to help him get through life, including meaningful tasks. He then has to find out what happened to him, and who he really is, and who he can trust. The little girl in this movie is the best part. Really? She's super cute, but she's also like a good actress, too, for a child actor, you know? Mm -hmm. A good kid, like a bad kid, can make or break a movie. She's very endearing. You know what I mean? Okay. Like you want her to be happy. So like some of the things that happen in the movie, you're like, oh, oh no. Okay. No, not, don't do that. <laughs> During the process, he's haunted by a character known as the backwards man. It's Tom Green. <laughs> I'm the backwards man. I'm the backwards man. <laughs> I can go back as fast as you can. <laughs> Which is basically like a Jacob's Ladder-esque kind of guy who contorts and never shows his face walking backwards, like bending around all fucking crazy, uh, Body actor kind of yeah. guy, you know? Michelle and I have been watching uh, Ghost Adventures on Discovery Plus every night before we go to sleep, just like powering through all of the madness Don't of it. do that. And, and the, well, I mean, you know, it's, it's like just fucking turn your brain off bullshit, you know? But they always depict the ghost doing the Jacob's Ladder face shake thing, and like they're always standing in weird, you know, contorted positions. It must be fucking weird to be a ghost because you just stand there with like your arms wrapped around your head and your face shaking all around. Yeah, I don't really think that's what they would do. Be a ghost. All you have to do is, is wear a nightgown and cock your head to the side. I'm pretty sure the ghosts wouldn't try to scare you if you could see it they'd be like you can hear me you can really hear me tell my wife this yeah <laughs> you know <it's, laughs> but they're uncontrollably wrapping their arms around yeah. themselves and <laughs> their right arm shaking real fast for no reason <laughs> sorry man i can't help this i'm not really trying to scare you but uh, uh, i'm not trying to scare you i just died masturbating furiously <laughs> i've got ghost tourettes <laughs> so this is sort of like an overinflated black mirror episode that definitely could have used a more concise edit tries very hard to twist and turn but the writing is on the wall the acting is pretty good, except for Felisa Rashad from The Cosby Show. She is super out of place. This definitely isn't the worst sci-fi horror movie I've seen, but I was hoping for a little bit more out of Black Box. So, IMD gives it 6.2. I'm going to give it 5.1. H. Pizzles. All right. So, my good movie is a 1994 cyberpunk survival horror movie directed by Stephen Norrington. Starring Brad Dourif, Ellie Pouget, William Hootkins, and an appearance by Richard Brake. It's on Prime right now, and it's called Death Machine. Dude, this art has like haunted me for my whole life. Yeah. I've always seen that hand. Yeah. With I, the nails and stuff, and I never watched it. Yeah, I, I thought that I had seen the movie before, and, and I'll get into that. So, 
Chank Armaments is experimenting with the ultimate fighting machine, which is part human, part machine. So far, the Hardman project has been unreliable and has killed a number of innocent people. <laughs> Hardman. <laughs> <laughs> the genius behind the project is Jack Dante, who lives in a world of cheap porn, toys, and magazines. When he's fired for killing a few corporate officers, he unleashes the ultimate killing machine called the War Beast against those who have wronged him. So Hayden Kale is the new executive at Chank Armaments. A company that has been engaging. Why does everyone have superhero names? Oh, no, dude. There are characters in this movie named like um, Scott Ridley and there's a Sam Raimi. They're all named after horror movie directors. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Hayden Kale is the new executive at Chank Armaments, a company that's been engaging in some shady experiments to create super soldiers. She's idealistic and wants to get the company running on the straight and narrow, but she immediately encounters resistance from the sleazy board of directors. Things get worse when Jack Dante, the psychotic genius behind Chank's experiments, begins to develop twisted feelings for her. When Dante finds out that the board plans to have Kale killed, he turns loose his newest invention, the War Beast, on them. Kale fires the unstable Dante and he immediately sets out for revenge. He locks the Chank building down and sets the War Beast loose. You're not supposed to say Chank building anymore. Chank, C-H-A-A-N-K. Oh, okay, oh, okay. sorry. <laughs> He locks the Chank building down and sets the War Beast loose. Kale must fight to survive and make some unlikely allies in the form of some humanist rebels who have broken into the building to take down the corporation's server. This was a movie that I continually overlooked because I thought I'd already seen it. I queued it up because I was looking for a movie to sample dialogue from for my Neon Maniac music project, and I quickly realized that I was mistaking this for another movie and that I'd never seen it before. Like Just like you, I saw the box art everywhere, but I'm like, oh, I've already seen that. Oh, I've already seen that. And I don't know what movie I was conflating it with in my brain now that I have seen it. Hardware, maybe? No, because I know hardware. You know, I, I know hardware is hardware. And I thought maybe it was Chopping Mall that I was conflating it with. But even then, that's the, the movie that I have in my mind. I don't know what it is because it's, it's another movie that I maybe only saw once on like USA Up All Night or something like that. So I really like this movie. It was a fun love letter to movies like Alien, Predator, and Terminator from the director of the first Blade movie. It was big, dumb action with some decent gore and a little bit of comedy, intentional and unintentional thrown in. The movie was cheesy as fuck, but in that uber 90s way, movies like Robot Jocks, Universal Soldier, and Free Jack are. It has some great special effects and a fun robot monster, and the action and direction were both very good. Some of the acting was a little bit spotty. There was this one cop character who could not act for shit, but just before he gets crushed by the monster, he looks up and says, Holy donuts. And then get smashed. <laughs> That's awesome. And that makes it all worth it. Like he, it was a Tommy Wiseau level performance. That's awesome. Brad Dourif chewed the damn scenery as the insane Jack Dante with an awful mullet wig. He was Brad Dourif at his most Brad Dourif in this movie, and his performance was entirely unhinged. Richard Brake was also great as Scott Ridley, the sleazy corporate executive. I really like this movie, and I wish I'd seen it when it came out, because it would probably be something that I love with all my heart if I'd seen it as a teenager. It would have been right up there with Hardware, which this movie also had some similarities with. It was dumb, silly, stupid, cyberpunk horror action, and well worth the 90 minutes that I spent watching it, and I got some good dialogue samples out of it. I'm going to check it out. Yeah, it's definitely worth watching. It's on Prime right now. You don't have to pay for it or anything. I still need to watch Hardware also. Yeah, I tried to bring up Hardware because I wanted to sample it, and I can't find it anywhere right now. It's not on any of the, the streaming services. And on Prime, like when you, when you bring up hardware, it actually says movie unavailable. So I don't know what's going on with that. 
IMDb only gives Death Machine 5.7 out of 10, and I think it's infinitely better than that, even if it's just the nostalgia value of that era of movies and how that's sort of one of my sweet spots. I'm going to give it 7.5 out of 10 H-Pizzles. H-Pizzles, okay. Definitely worth a watch. I'll be checking it out. And something you should check out is our top five monster hunters after this. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And we're back with our top five horror movie monster hunters. Get your crossbow out, Dom. That's right. Get we're your holy hunting. water. That's, that's the character we need. That's the monster hunter we need. <laughs> Cletus McFetus, vampire hunter. <laughs> Cletus McFetus, yeah. yes. That's a good name for that character. <laughs> We're in a Dagolo abortion show. <laughs> this was a fun list, and man, I can't believe we neglected it. It seems like low-hanging fruit, but... It's pretty deep when you really get into it. It's pretty deep. A lot of goddamn vampires here. Yeah, I, uh, I tried to minimize mine. Why don't you start us off this week, Don? All right. So my number five is a great character from a bad movie, but the character himself is so good that he belongs on my list because he's Creighton Duke from Jason Goes to Hell. Oh, yeah. The bounty hunter guy. Yeah. Huh? What do you think of when you hear the name Jason Voorhees? I think of a little girl sticking a hot dog through a donut. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking great character. Yeah. Eating the brain. What yeah. the fuck? <laughs> the movie lost me. You know, Great opening scene, though. Yeah. If that movie was not a Friday the 13th movie and was just like a standalone movie and it was just some random killer in the beginning who got caught and killed and they you know passed it along, I think it would have been a, a better movie. My number five. Seems like it would be a Cletus McFetus kind of <laughs> character because his name is Jebediah Woodley. Hell yeah. And that is Dolph Lundgren in Don't Kill It. Yeah, he's on my uh, he's on my honorable mentions. Demon Hunter. Yeah. I love me some Dolph Lundgren. For sure. Masters of the Universe and Universal Soldier are still like two. If, if we went like top movie like 250 or 500 movies, they would both be in mine. Yeah. I love I, both I would movies. put both of those movies in my top like sci-fi adventure movies. Yeah. Because they, they fall more into that. And I, last night I was doing more sampling because my, you know, my, my recording, my music recording computer is down. I, I, I can't really process multiple tracks right now, but I am able to watch movies online. So I've been watching other movies and sampling from them. And I watched a Rutger Hauer movie last night that was not good called Omega Doom. It was not a good movie. But watching it, I'm realizing that now that Rutger Hauer is dead, Dolph Lundgren is sort of our new Rutger Hauer. <laughs> yeah, he's kind of casting that role. Yeah, he's got the look and, and you know makes it work. All right, my number four is one guy and a group of people who, quote unquote, help him, even though they're not very good at help. And that is Van Helsing and the Crips from Modern Vampires. My number two. Okay, we'll get into that later. My number four is an ice cream man, Tom. Oh, yeah? And that's Reggie in Phantasm. Hell, yeah. Demon Ewok Hunter? <laughs> Hunter Death of, Jawa Hunter. <laughs> Hunter of Steel Balls and Tall Men? Yeah. 
That sounds like a movie we shouldn't be talking about. <laughs> <here>. <laughs> sort of sounds like a lot of people that I met up in Northern California. Okay. I think Antoine's seen that movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think he directed it. Reggie, quad barrel shotgun. Terrible guitars. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Don. I love Reggie. And uh, Phantasm 3 is where Reggie really shines. Yeah, it's where he really comes into his own. It's my favorite Phantasm. Yeah. Controversial as that may be. Yeah, I, I agree with you. It's, it's fucking crazy. A lot of people like the first one the most. Yeah. I think for my money, the first one is a little bit more boring than the batch insanity at number three. I think if there were, if the first phantasm came out right now, people wouldn't like it. And you know what? A lot of people hate the wrap up and I fucking loved it. Ravager. Man. Ravager yeah. was fucking great. Yeah. I love Ravager. It's got its problems. It's, it's too much CG, CG shit yeah. and stuff like that. But I really liked it. It put a great bow on it and yeah. good tribute to Angus Scrim. So. And it took all the, the crazy shit and made it all make sense in the end. Madam Darling hates it. Yeah? Yeah. Well, it's okay to be wrong sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> all right. My number three is possibly the ultimate monster hunter because he hunts monsters that are men. Okay. That's Samuel Loomis from Halloween. Okay, Dr. Loomis. Yeah. The devil's eyes. Yeah, he's, he's hunting one particular monster, and he goes fucking crazy in the process. And he dominated the talk show circuit. Yes, he did. His book, The Devil's Eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I went back and I watched Halloween 4 recently. I, I'm not sure what possessed me to put it on, but I just did. And his performance in that movie, the rest of the movie, not great. But, I mean, you know, brought Danielle Harrison to the world of horror and all that, so I'll give it its due. But his performance in that movie is absolutely fucking unhinged. You know what movie a lot of people fucking hate in the Halloween series that I actually like? That I thought he he nailed it and also I think it was either his last movie or it's a tribute to him. Mm -hmm. Halloween 6, The Curse of Michael Myers. Yeah. A lot of people hate that movie. I really enjoy it. It's It has its, its flaws, but I don't hate any of the Halloween movies. It's like the true Halloween 3. Yeah, kinda. yeah. And I like how over the course of the Halloween movies, Dr. Loomis is just more and more fucked up. He's got burn scars. He walks with a limp. His brain's going off. Like it's, it's just, it's just, you know, becoming the monster as you try to kill the monster. He's kind of like me. (laughs) You are the the Samuel Loomis of the death match of of the postmortem show. (laughs) All right. My number three, Dom, if this isn't on your list, it's on your honorable mentions. It might even be your zero. Because my number three is Ash from the Evil Dead and Army of Darkness. I left him off because duh, for duh. <laughs> yeah. Put him at my number three because he deserves to be on my list, but I wanted to go a little bit more obscure than that. Yeah, I made a conscious effort to leave him off this time. And but he's the quintessential ass kicker, yeah. you know, of any movie. So had to put him on my list. I love me some Ash. Yeah. He's basically the reason we have Duke Nukem for sure. All my honorable mentions, Duke Nukem. Yeah? Yeah. My number two, and if this is my number two, then my number one has to be hardcore. Because my number two is Master Cow, the Taoist vampire hunter from Mr. Vampire. <laughs> yeah. With his unibrow. With <laughs> his unibrow. And, you know, I, I said I, I wanted to limit vampire hunters, but the vampires he hunts are not the same vampires. Yeah, they're jumping, hopping yeah. vampires. A little different. Yeah, and he also, he deals with ghosts and all kinds of other weird shit, and he uses he uses feng shui to, to fight evil. <laughs> it's fucking awesome. It's very strange, Tom. 
My number two is Van Helsing from Modern Vampires. Yeah. Gets the crypts on his side. Oh, these creatures. <laughs> for my money, the best depiction of Van Helsing. Oh, for sure. Just a total asshole. Yeah, he, he's an asshole and he's great. Uh, Rod Steger. Yeah. Nails it in that role. Modern Vampires is an underrated movie. Listeners, if it you is. haven't seen that yet, check it out. Yeah. Overlook the fact that Casper Van Dien is in it because he's actually right for the part in this movie, just like he was right for the part in Starship Troopers. Yeah, he pretty much is chewing up the scenery uh, chin first. <laughs> just chin fucking the entire movie. But it's it's a bizarre movie. It's directed it's silly. Yeah, it's directed by Richard Elfman, who is Danny Elfman's brother and like one of the founders of Oingo Boingo and also directed uh, Forbidden Zone, Oingo Boingo's weird ass movie with Hervé Villachez in it. I've never seen that. It's bizarre. I don't know if you would like it, but it's bizarre. He does weird really well. Modern Vampires reeks of late 90s horror comedy. Yeah. But in the best way possible. Yeah. If you love those movies of your childhood, you got to pull the trigger on this. The Crips gang fuck a vampire and turn into vampires themselves. Yeah, I mean, vampirism come on. <laughs> is also sexually transmitted. Yeah. Is is the point of that. <laughs> yeah, and there's the, the vampire couple where they were turned when she was pregnant, so she's pregnant forever, and they just play it out. Yeah. And Udo Kier's in it. It's just, it's a great fucking movie. What isn't Udo Kier in? I think he's in every movie. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. One way or another. There's pictures of him on the wall if he's not acting in it. <laughs> My number one is Izo Okada from the movie Izo. Okay. Because he hunts ghosts, he hunts demons, he hunts the gods themselves. And I recently found out, I did not know this, but Izo Okada was a real person. Really? Yeah. And he, he was one of the most notorious assassins in feudal Japan. And was publicly tortured and executed for the things that he did at the behest of his lords. And uh, yeah, and so Takashi Miike basically took that story and then said, "What?" Because there's there's been other samurai movies made about him, but his life. So Takashi Miike was like, "Okay, cool. They've already made the movies about his life. I want to make the movie about what happens to him after he died." Based on a true story. Yeah, essentially. <laughs> yeah. Same with Visitor Q. <laughs> it's based on my life. <laughs> Dom. <laughs> looking at you an entirely different way <laughs> all right my number one is about a guy who goes to space he goes to fucking hell he goes everywhere to fight the fucking demons tom my number one isn't even from a movie because fuck the rock when it comes down to it <laughs> my number one is the doom guy from doom and there wasn't really a doom guy in doom annihilation oh, in, in doom annihilation it's a girl yeah but Doom Annihilation is a better version of the Doom story in a movie form, but I'm still waiting for my actual Doom movie. Yeah. But first-person shooter, Doom. Doom 2, Hell on Earth, for my money, is the best. For sure. And that's the movie we need is Doom 2 version. Yeah, for sure. Not so much space, but Hell on Earth. And uh, Doom Eternal? Fuck that shit. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so mad at that game. I spent 70 bucks on that game. Yeah, I played it once. Someone was like, you know what Doom needs? Jumping puzzles. And that person <laughs> needs to be punched in the taint. Don't get me wrong. I love the game Portal, where it is essentially jumping puzzle-based yeah. game. But that's Portal. But that's Portal. It's yeah. not Doom. You yeah. don't put your fucking Portal in my Doom. Yeah, the only time Doom guy should jump is if he's stomping on someone's head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Honorable mention. <laughs> All right, my first honorable mention. He's a he's a zombie hunter, but he only hunts zombies in a particular cemetery because that's what he's been tasked to do is keep the dead in their graves. And that's Francesco Della Morte in Cemetery Man. 
Yes, I need to rewatch Cemetery Man. It's been many years, and I really need to pull the trigger on it. It's a great movie. Uh, one that probably should have been on my list, but it was too low-hanging fruit, The Frog Brothers and The Lost Boys. Mine as well. Hans from Troll Hunter. Yes, indeed. And you know, you can talk all you want about Blade being the ultimate vampire killing machine, but for my money, the true badass of that movie is Whistler. Oh, yeah. I fucking love Chris Whistler. Chris yeah. yeah. Uh, the character simply called the father in the movie The Headhunter. And I still got to watch that. Yeah. You give that a glowing review. Yeah, I really liked it. Streaming now on Shudder, I think. It is. I got to check it out. And Jebediah Woodley from Don't Kill It. I got Jack Crow from Vampires. That's played by James Wood. Oh, fuck. Yeah. James Woods, I should say. Yeah. I said James Wood. Plural, it's the woods. <laughs> but uh, James Woods in Vampires, it's like a bounty hunter kind of vampire in it for the money kind of thing. They're partying at hotels with hookers and stuff. It's just a different take on the vampire genre. Yeah. Peter Vincent from Friday Night. Unwilling. Yeah. But vampire hunter nonetheless. I'll give you flipping the genre on its head. I'll give you a monster hunter. And it's the dad from Frailty. He is. Yeah. In his own right. Yeah. He believes him to be fun, to be monsters, but who's correct, you know? The movie doesn't even say in the end. Ernest from Ernest Scared Stupid. <laughs> Gonna hunt those trolls. <laughs> the Big Kahuna from American Vampire. Oh, fuck. Adam West. Yes, Adam West. <laughs> With an appearance by Dick Dell. Yeah. Great fucking movie. American Vampire is another underrated, like, late 90s, like, shitty B-horror movie yeah. that's also good, even though it's shitty. And it's got the guy from, uh, what's the name of that guy? That's, he's basically the assistant to the vampire, and he, like, eats dogs in a blender and stuff. It's oh, he's, he's like a shit. Renfield character. Yeah, he's yeah. like a Renfield character. I think his name is Renfield in the movie, okay. but he's fucking awesome. And you know him if you see him. He's, like, one of those iconic 90s character actors. The Ghostbusters, not really monster hunters, but... Ghost hunters. Yeah. Ghost hunters. Literal ghost way, hunters, you know. yeah. Troll hunter. Debbie LeCure from Idle Hands. <laughs> Bert from Tremors. Yeah. Nada from They Live. Not really a monster hunter, more of an alien hunter. He's come to kick ass and chew bubblegum. Same with my last one, Duke Nukem. Also <laughs> come to kick ass and chew bubblegum. I'm pretty surprised that no one's tried to take a stab at a duke nukem movie yet it seems so ripe for it they've joked about it for years yeah. about john cena's john, gonna be yeah. duke nukem and you know i'm okay with that i'm okay with john cena yeah i think he's i think you'd do fine i need a like ncc 17 duke nukem movie. yeah extreme gore extreme nudity shake it baby <laughs> hey nobody kills our chicks he has and to, lives. He has to stop and piss in every single urinal he walks by. Ah, much better. <laughs> much better. <laughs> mm, uh, where is it? <laughs> mm, uh, where is it? You're trying to open the secrets? Yeah. <laughs> I could give you all those sound Man. effects. The steroids. <laughs> <laughs> then you're running all fast. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna rip off your head and shit down your neck. <laughs> I love me some Duke Nukem. Yeah. You know, I was number eight in the fucking world, Dom. On wow. Cases ladder on heat. Yeah. Back when you had your computer and you were on heat. Yeah. Yeah, that computers. I was number eight in the fucking world. That's how fat I was. 
<laughs> That's how much Mountain Dew I consume. Yeah, I ate a whole whole extra cheese pizza, extra sauce, whole pack of pecan wheels, and a two liter Pepsi, and some horror movies, and some Duke Nukem. I used to multitask. I'd be killing fools and watching movies like Dead Alive at the same time. Doesn't mm. sound like such a bad oh, laugh. Where is life? <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> It's good. <laughs> Let me see him do Yeah. I need that movie. And I play the game like maybe once a year. Go back and play through the the levels and but I don't ever play multiplayer because it's just not the same with the fucking Xbox. Do other people still play it? Yeah. Ah. Yeah, there's people on there. Have you played Duke Nukem Forever? Did you check that out when it came out? Oh yeah, I played it. How was it? I never checked it out. Uh, disappointing, but also good. Yeah. Disappointing because like it was in the graphics of like it should have came out like in 2000 or something and came out way after the fact. Because it kept getting delayed. Yeah, it kept getting delayed. And but so it had some some good things to it, but definitely Duke Nukem 3D is much better. Yeah. Duke Nukem 3D is a fucking perfect game. It is. And I had Duke as my number one originally. I swapped him out for the Doom guy because he's more of the monster hunter. But man, they go hand in hand for me. Yeah. I might honestly, like, I'd say Doom 2 probably and Duke Nukem 3D equal me. Yeah. Yeah, I'd put put them side by side. You know, I'm also very surprised that they haven't made an actual Wolfenstein movie either. They've made made movies that kind of hint at it. Yeah. Like like, uh, Overlord kind of hinted at Wolfenstein. Yeah, that was pretty good, but not not the same. Yeah, you know, I I think that they should just cast John Cena in all those movies. All those 90s first-person shooters had such good plots. Yeah. There would be a great Half-Life movie, a great Quake movie, Unreal, great Unreal movie. Did you ever play Blood? Yeah, Blood's pretty cool. I fucking loved Blood. I'd say Blood is like the weaker of the of you know, you throw all those out there, you know. In terms you of pick gameplay, your top six, it wouldn't be. I'd rather see Redneck Rampage. <laughs> <laughs> Redneck Rampage was fun. I I think Blood. What what they got right was the atmosphere, though. You know, like the carnival level and and all the weird shit. You know, it, it was a good game. And you got Angelina Jolie as Tomb Raider, but you can't get it a fucking Duke Nukem. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, it's not. Warcraft even got a movie. <laughs> that was not a good. And David Bowie's son directed that movie, and I'm still gonna say that wasn't a good movie. Who gives a shit? Yeah. Who gives a shit? I liked his his other movie though. Moon. It was good. Moon. Yeah. Never seen it. Kind of a sci-fi slow burn. Okay. I'll have to take your word for it. Yeah, I don't think you'd enjoy it. (laughs) It's it's, it's definitely not a JD movie. (laughs) Duke Nukem would be, though. Yeah. All right. Man, if they fucked up Duke Nukem as a movie... Like, That's when you need to see me on the evening news. Yeah, for real. <laughs> Helicopters chasing you around the city. <laughs> My own redneck rampage. UA Bulls, Duke Nukem. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> Don't you ever. <laughs> I'm going to buy the rights. <laughs> just to do just what I can. Keep I'll it out of my grubby German hands. Streets just to keep it out of his <laughs> grubby German hands. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess grubby German hands is a good place to end this episode. <laughs> if, you like, yes. if you like what you heard here, you can check us out at www.postmortemshow.com. Check out our Patreon and, uh, you know, get at us wherever fine podcasts rip off your head and shit down your neck. <laughs> yes, indeed, Dom. And more bonus content coming soon for Postmortem. We haven't forgot about you guys. It's been a busy couple of weeks. It has. Uh, we've had some production snafus in regards <laughs> to like, yeah. our equipment and 
our awesome producer, Madam Darling, is a little too bit busy for. She's too good for it. She's she's in the big time now. She's no longer producing, so Dom's got to take that up, and then his computer blew up, yeah. so he lost a bunch of time. And and we're in the process of actually back. building a real studio in the B Ward. Yes, and uh, yeah, and but, I, and I've just finished building my audio booth. Uh, so when I get back to Ghost Song Radio in June, it'll not sound like shit. More Biff tracks coming. Yeah. More bonus content. And uh, we got a good one lined up for Biff Tracks, too. So oh, yeah. Keep you in suspense for that. And we may just release that here on the free feed. Who knows? I think we should. But no promises. Because <laughs> then I break them, and then you cry, and then I feel bad. And you don't want to make me feel bad. <laughs> and you can follow us on social media, at JDH138, at True Crime Horror Story, at Postmortem Show, at Ghost Song Radio, at cryptid wrangler at neon maniac music at neon maniac music that's a new, a new one, one. Yeah. yeah follow us on all the socials we're there yeah neon maniac is getting a lot different than what i thought it was going to be and a lot better because i before my computer blew up i got access to um recreations of every single roland synthesizer ever made and so like the synthesizers that define the sounds of the 80s and 90s and the drum machines and all that i have all that shit now and um, I'm having, I was having some fun before my computer went kaput. So yeah, it's going to be cool. Now I, I go home and I just masturbate constantly. The kids hate it. Well, <laughs> Dom, that's dark. <laughs> but if anything, it's going to make you a better artist. It will. Yeah. And you're going to lose your sight. You'll be like Ray Charles. You're going to have a stronger right hand for banging on those keys. <laughs> All right, guys. Yeah. And Thanks for listening. As H.P. Lovecraft once said, as he as he softened on his racial tenden, racist tendencies in his late life and decided to to take up the mantle of a of an OG from the streets, he'd said, "If it smells like fish shizzle, throw the fucker back. Izzle, izzle, throw the fizzle back. Izzle, I'm funky fresh. <laughs> I don't know how to I don't know how to come across that way, Dom." <laughs> <laughs> That's dope. <laughs> you sound like an Aqua Teen Hunger Force character. <laughs> the fucking alien guy. Man, I missed that show. Like. <laughs> Motherfucker Rick! Three <laughs> 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 love Satan! Ah! Yeah. Harry Palm. Ghost <laughs> Boner. Just two boys and a dog and a dream. <laughs> Red Rocket Red Rocket. Who <laughs> pays? Doug Jones. Biff. Doug Jones. Biff. Hey, we're back! As H.P. Lovecraft once said, if it smells like fish, throw the fucker back. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.